Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back with another Know Your Enemy. No, you're not watching an episode from a couple weeks ago. This is the second edition of Know Your Enemy against the Tennessee Titans with Tennessee Titans Weekly. Oh, we've been excited for this one. Uh, I think ever since the first game was canceled and delayed until this point in the year. Uh, Let me get to the introductions first before we get to the questions. Of course, I'm Michael Beck, uh, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined as always by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. Perfect. And you know what? I'm doing very good as well because of our two fabulous guests. Absolutely. Um, a little bias in saying uh, I think uh, our two favorite of the year so far. And we're so <laughs> awesome. pleased to have uh, Hawk and Lockdown back. How are you two guys doing? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Five and oh. I mean, we're here yep. again, like you said, right? Part two, part two of the – it was interrupted. Because we know what happened, uh, right? The, the right. Team, but we're glad to be here. I'm like, like we talked earlier, man, this is one of our favorite uh, podcasts to be on. So it's it's it's, yeah. it's good to be back. Definitely good to be back. Yes, awesome, yes, very, very good to be back, man. And this will be the game of the year right now. I mean, two yeah. five and old teams battling each other. Very two very good teams, man. We're excited to talk about this and discuss this with you guys, man. We have a lot to discuss on this, man. Right. We really do. So, and for those that have never been on our podcast, you can check us out on YouTube at Tennessee Titans Weekly, uh, as well on uh, in Instagram at Tennessee Titans Weekly, Twitter Titans Weekly twenty four seven. It's on our caption, and if you want to ever contact us, Tennessee Titans Weekly at gmail dot com. Absolutely, Definitely. your favorite Titans podcast, no question. Yep. <laughs> I, I got to agree with that. <laughs> so- Diving right into it, you, you guys said it. Potential game of the year, Jacques. Why don't I turn it over to you on, on this one? Uh, are you feeling the same thing? Is this uh, is this the NFL's game of the year? Is this the prime yes. the prime game? Yes, yes, definitely. We have two powerhouse teams going at it, five and zero. Oh, and we know at the be, but the prior early start of the year, we were what both four and zero, oh, three and zero, oh, whatever we were. So going into this game, it's the game of the year. It should be a prime time game, but we know how it is in in, in in the NFL probably doesn't still believe the Steelers and the Titans are the two contenders in this league. But I mean, you have two top five teams going against each other early in the year. And this possibly, possibly could be a AFC championship matchup that we might be looking at in the future. So this is going to be a, a big game for both teams. And I feel like both teams are playing uh, some amenable opponents and this is going to be a, a tough matchup on both sides. So definitely this is a huge game. Yeah, you know what? That uh, there's a trigger word right in there for me. The potential AFC Championship matchup. Jeffrey, yes. are you are you feeling that too, sir? I am. I am. I think these two teams could do it. Uh, they're both just rolling, and, and I think I think you're seeing them both starting to get going too. You're both you're seeing both teams start to improve. They're getting people back from injury. Uh, the Steelers are going to get people back from injury. Uh, both teams are both teams are also in kind of a little bit of a vulnerable spot. We've lost some good players. Yes. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this one pans out. Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm curious from from, uh, from both of you is this uh, is this one that you think is at the very least a playoff matchup? If not, that uh, that final uh, final game of the of the AFC playoffs. Absolutely. Definitely a playoff matchup, man. Uh, If you look at the NFL in general, there are a lot of bad football teams. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, you brought up a good point about some vulnerability. I do agree with that on both teams. And we'll discuss that because both teams do have that. But I think overall, when you look at us, yes, this can be a playoff matchup. Absolutely. There's some things that 
you know, when you look at Pittsburgh, the number two rated defense in the league, that that bowls very, very well. And then you look at the Tennessee Titans. When you look at yards per game and points per game, we're number two in the league. So you got two clashes coming together, right? And so I think that'll bowl well for us for both teams for the rest of the season. Two good teams about to play each other this Sunday, man. No question about it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I, I got to turn over to our live chat here because we got uh, uh, Ryan Jeffords uh, <laughs> putting four ninety nine in the tip jar. He says, Henry gets shut down. I said what they I said, that. LOL. Um, <laughs> they all say that. They all say that. They all say that. <laughs> they all say that. Uh, no, no, James Conner gets I, shut down. What about that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Jeffrey had a really good stat that he told me uh, before we got on. Uh, if, if you want to share that one, uh, it's a pretty interesting stat. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is actually coming from our resident uh, stat guru, Dave Schofield. Uh, he, he sent me this before the before the show tonight. That if Derrick Henry is held under a hundred yards in games where he gets under a hundred yards, the Titans are five hundred. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when he gets over mm-hmm. that, it's a lot better. Oh well, yeah, when James Conner undefeated. Gets, yeah. Right. When James Conner gets over 60 yards, the Steelers yeah. are 11 0 and 1 in his That's career. Crazy. So this is this is kind of that game where uh-huh. you know who can get the run game going because if if yeah. Derrick Henry gets shut down, they're probably you know we got a good shot. If James Conner is going, it, it's going to be an interesting game right there in the trenches, smashing each other in there and running the ball. It's going to be fun. Right yeah. now, Hawk, what do you think? Can we uh, can can anyone shut down Derrick Henry at this point in the year? Well, I tell you this, Derrick Henry. So to reverse the stats you just went over, the games that Derrick Henry's gone over 100 yards, he's we have been undefeated, and that's 16 and 0. Okay, that that's an that's that's an impeccable record, right? So looking at it as well too, when you look at this game, the running game, you know, yes, you have James Conner. I think for us, we lost Taylor Lewan. For those yeah. in Pittsburgh that don't know, that's our starting left tackle, one of the highest paid, one of the best left tackles in the game. So that concerns me when it comes to Derrick Henry. So it's not so much stopping Derrick Henry personally. It's about can our line hold up your defensive line? And I'm going to tell you something. I've watched tape. Yes. There are opportunities to run against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I yeah. think T.J. Watt is the problem in the pass rush. T.J. Mm-hmm. Watt is a beast. And we just played his brother last week in J.J. Watt, and he was a beast against our backup offensive linemen. I think the run lanes will be open for us when I look at Pittsburgh's defense, when I look at to it. Uh, I also look at uh, Alulu, right? I look at those guys. I think there's some opportunities. Cameron Hayward's getting a little long in the tooth. He's getting a little bit older as well. I think we can run on him. So it's not about stopping Derrick Henry. It's, can our line hold up? They'll hold up. You won't stop Derrick Henry. King Henry, put the crown on him. <laughs> Lockdown, I'll, I'll ask you your pin on, on that, but I saw a huge reaction on Jeffrey Benedict there. I'm guessing that was towards the, the Cam Hayward talk, or are you seeing something <laughs> no, like that? I'm just picturing the live chat when you're saying teams going after Alu Alu and, and Cameron Hayward getting old, man. <laughs> yeah. Woo! We start, we're, we're starting off with a bang. Yes. We're going. Yes. Oh, it's going to get spicy in the live chat. So, Lockdown, I'll get your opinion on uh, Derrick Henry right now, so too. So, can he, can he be stopped? No. Mm-hmm. He, the key is slowing him down. That's that's the that's the key is to slow Derrick Henry down. And if you can slow him down, the problem is – and it's a good problem to have. When you slow him down, then you have to equate for Tannehill. And mm-hmm. teams and people are not understanding Tannehill is having a sneakily good, sneakily good year. And you can slow down Derrick Henry. That's fine. You get Tannehill throwing precision passes and dinking and dunk, and and, and the, the performance he had last week, literally against the Texans, was his best of the year. And then you equal that with Derrick Henry. One of the two is going to slow down. Okay, if Derrick slows down, then we got Henry. I mean, uh, Tannehill. If Tannehill slows down, then we got Henry. And then what happens is 
you constantly, if we stick to our game, then it could be a long day for the Steelers. Something that I did, I watched film too, was the Minnesota game. And Dalvin Cook had some, he had potential holes. He, he had the hole. He was hitting the hole. But something Minnesota did that I was kind of like, okay, why did you guys stop the, stop running? Now, I give credit to you guys' defense. You guys do swarm the ball very well. You do a very good job of that swarming the ball. Now, if you can do that with Henry, you can slow him down. Then we got our other running back, who is McNichols, not too many people know about. He had what, Hawk, was it what, 60, was it 50 yards? 50 yards on five carries. He was 50 yards on five carries. So it's, it's, it's a two-folded monster. Can you stop him? No, but you can slow him down. And it's just, it's so much balance to it. But uh, it, it, it's, it's if, if, let me say this. If the Titans get off of what their identity is, then it can be a long day. Our, our identity is to run the ball. We've always been a running team from Eddie George to Chris Johnson to Travis Henry to all our running backs. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, Jeffrey, before I pose you a question, uh, Denise Irvin uh, puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar. Didn't leave a question, so Denise, if you if you have a question for any of the guys here, uh, feel free to uh, leave in the live chat, and I'll try to get to that for you. Uh, thank you for that, Jeffrey. Now. Uh, the guys were saying there there are holes to run against the Steelers' defense. You're our film guy. You watch film more than anyone on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Um, wh- where where are those weaknesses from what you've seen? Well, the weak weaknesses come into play with our blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're 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 heavy blitz oriented. Um, so I think I think really early on in the game, Henry takes a little while to get going, mm-hmm. and the Steelers are gonna go after. Him. So I think I, th- I don't think there's a problem early in the game for the Steelers. The problem comes in, like he was saying, uh, if you're if you're if you're blitzing run blitzes for for to stop Derrick Henry, then Tannehill has opportunities. And Tannehill is having, if you look at the numbers, Tannehill is having a very Ben Roethlisberger season. Like they are, their seasons are very similar. Yes. They're very efficient. Yes. They're they're converting on third downs, and they're also hooking up with some big plays. Ran, you know, mixed in there too. Mm-hmm. So even if we're stuffing Derrick Henry, but Tannehill is making enough plays to keep them in the game, then they can keep with the run. Like to really stop Derrick Henry, you have to knock them off the run. Yep. And to me, if Tannehill is hitting those tight ends, if Tannehill is hitting the tight ends, which he has been doing all year, uh, then then there's going to open up some holes because if the Steelers have to back off those run blitzes, if they have to start playing a, a bit, you know, cautiously because of play action, where their running backs, the linebackers aren't just committing right off the bat to the run, then the holes open up. The holes will open up. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess with Steeler fans here. Uh, they're not gonna like this, but TJ Watt. If you're gonna run at anyone, you run at TJ Watt. Uh, if you watch film, you do not want to run away from TJ. TJ, if you leave him unblocked, he's a fantastic backside pursuit guy. Yes. But you can run at it. And to it, to it is to it is to it's a bad dude, but you can you can run a bit at to it too. You you can run a bit at him as well. So that's really the side you're attacking. Uh if you're if you're going after to run the ball, and that's that's to their right side. Yeah. They like doing that. Now, Denise gets back to us in the live chat here after her uh, super chat. Um, she says, welcome to the Titans, fellas. I have so much respect for your squad. Derrick Henry's the truth, but we got to <laughs> we gotta have it. Sorry. LOL. Hashtag. Here we go. Uh, here we thanks, go. Denise. For that. <laughs> Thank you, Denise. Um, Thank you. One Thank other you. thing I want to uh, hit up in the live chat here. BTSC co-editor Dave Schofield <laughs> says, Titans D is bad. 
27th against mm-hmm. against the run and 28th against the pass. That is true. Hey, that's true. So uh, we're not in we're not in denial, right? I mean, I I see you know, folks of fans of teams will always think their team have no holes, right? Mm-hmm. We know our defense right now is struggling. Okay, we do know this. Okay. But what you'll notice from us as well, we are a bend but don't break defense, okay? We have given up a lot of yards. Yes, we have. But we have not given, you know, when it when it counts is when we make our best plays. And usually it's in the fourth quarter. We struggle in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter is when we sort of step up and make those adjustments. So, yes, we are concerned about our defense. We are. And we do get a Dory Jackson back, our cornerback number one. He will be back on the field. So that'll be a big uplift for us. But I think now fans, listen to what I'm saying. The Pittsburgh offense, the way that they pass the ball goes for us. It's a strength for us because what we have an issue with is faster teams. And what I mean is Ben Roethlisberger takes a while to throw the football. And you guys have seen in the season, I've seen the film, he still is throwing over the head of some receivers at times, right? So he takes his normal four to five step drop. The issue we have had is against quarterbacks who take like three step drops. So if when Jadavion Clowney comes in, Big Jeff, they've always been very close to sacking the quarterback. All we need is one more second, and I think Big could give us that. So our defense could do better, but we are concerned. There's no question. We're concerned about our defense. Right. No, I I agree. Our, our secondary has struggled, and it's a communication. For example, uh, last last week when we played Houston, there was a busted play where Will Fuller caught a 50-yard pass for a touchdown. And if you notice on that play, Butler is literally in deep thirds, and there's no safety in the back. Literally no safety in the back. When that happens, people, it's communication issue, literally. It's like, okay, hey, which safety was supposed to bump over? What happened? So with our defensive walls is what's really hurting us is not having Dean Pease, not having a defensive coordinator. I mean, I believe Shane Bowen, is who is our linebacker, inside linebacker's coach, I believe yes. is calling our plays. And I almost think that Vrabel has to get out of his head, hey, I trust my team. I trust my coaches. But at the same time, I do need a defensive coordinator to come in and scheme and, 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 and make adjustments when adjustments need made. Because when we play the Texans, like Hawk said, when we go against slicker, sleeker quarterbacks, there's three-step drops. We have issues. But when we play the Bills, play Josh Allen, literally, he's he's that's I call him baby Ben because he's, he's built like Ben Roethlisberger. He has the size of Ben Roethlisberger. just a lot of quicker than Big Ben. But – same similar build, not the same quarterback because being is way better than Josh Allen. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. No, we know that, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's just the same similar situation. So I feel like the opportunities will be there to get to Ben. It's just can we do it? And um, it's just our defense is struggling right now. So it, it could be, man. This could be actually a shootout. Like this, this game is exciting. This is a real exciting game. Yeah. Now. So many things I want to get to on that quickly. Crazy Blue two two three. I'm assuming probably a Titans fan throws two dollars in the tips jar. Doesn't leave a comment. Crazy Blue two two three. Feel Crazy free to Blue. drop something in the uh, live chat. We'll we'll get to that. Um, Jeffrey, flipping over to you. Um, how is this matchup different going at what week seven? I suppose rather than week four. Oh, one big thing is uh, Corey Davis might be back. That that could be big. Uh, AJ Brown is AJ Brown's there. Mm-hmm. Can, yeah, that's the right name. Yeah, Arthur Juan Brown. <laughs> they're yes, they're healthier. They're yeah. healthier than they were mm-hmm. after week three. Uh, that's a big thing um, for us. Devin Bush. I mean, Chase Claypool has developed. We're out Devin Bush, and that's yeah. big. That's big in this game, uh, mainly because if we're going in our bigger packages. Uh, 
against there because they they like to use multiple tight ends. They like to use a fullback. They 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 mix it up in there. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is there. Terrell Edmonds is our is our matchup cancer for tight ends. But even if you put him on like say Fursker, who Anthony Fursker, who's a more of a, a outside tight end and, and is a little faster, a little better receiver than Jonu Smith, you still got Jonu Smith. You still got Derrick Henry coming out of the backfield. You've got to have people to cover those. And right now we have Robert Spillane and Vince Williams. And I, I don't, I think everyone can remember, you know, 2018 defense with John Bostick and Vince Williams and what teams did to that defense with tight ends coming up the seam routes, especially off play action. Devin Bush answered a lot of those problems. He was the answer to a lot of those problems and he is, he's gone. And we don't have like, you know, we don't have five weeks to figure out and, and build up a UG3, get these guys in there, get them set. We got to do it on the fly. So that's that's the problem for me. That's the difference between week four and week seven. I'll let you, you two guys answer this one. And then I, I missed a live chat from Sean Manhan. I'll get to that right after. Uh, Hawk Lockdown, what are you feeling three weeks later? What's different in this one? Zero COVID cases. <laughs> we have nobody yeah. with COVID, okay? All right? So that's, let's start there first, okay? So we are healthier. You know, we don't have Taylor Lewan, but I think what's different is, again, both teams are 5-0, and okay? And, you know, at the time, you know, we had games where we were sort of, you know, where we could have lost, you know, some battles, but we made it. And so now we're here at 5-0. and And, you know, looking at it as well, we have younger players that have played in Christian Fulton. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is continuing to get better. Ferkser has gotten better. Uh, over time, despite, you know, the players getting COVID and injuries has allowed younger players to play. So now we're coming in with more experience than we did a few weeks ago. Right. And, you know, one thing, even looking at Pittsburgh, the, the one player that we did kind of discuss on our last show, Jacques brought him up as the player to watch for for the Steelers, is now, to me, the best offensive player on the Steelers right now, and that's Chase Claypool, okay? We know about this guy. This guy's a problem. Are we yeah. worried about him? Yes, we are. But, you know, so I think both teams are coming in a bit different than just, say, a few weeks ago. I think, uh, you know, I think our offense has gotten better. And I, I think our defense has gotten worse, actually. But I think some of our players have become now more accustomed to being out on the field. So, right. yep. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, like I said, the first couple of games was preseason, literally. I mean, that was everybody's time to make mistakes. Even though the games actually count, this was the time to get the rust off. Now, I'd say Steelers 1-0, game one, game's on, literally. I mean, the players have matured. Um, Tannehill, I mean, last week's game was Tannehill's almost, in my opinion, coming out game. Even when we, they had COVID um, and we came back with the Bills, I mean, he was passing it to um, players. We were like, who? <laughs> literally, yeah. practice squad players. I mean, literally threading the needle with, with nothing. So now you do get back a healthy Corey Davis. You got A.J. Brown who caught a, the game-winning touchdown uh, last week uh, to take us into overtime. You have uh, uh, McNichols. You have uh, Henry who is, is excelling. This is all on the offense. Uh, John New, Michael Pruitt, um, Ferkser who had 100 yards last week. Um, and then you also have Adam Humphreys who's our third-down possession receiver. I mean, literally, that's uh, who we look for on third down. So I feel like we're coming in this, this time, this game, in this point of the season, at an even, even like we're just even defensively. I agree with Hawk. Our secondary has gotten worse. I mean, literally, it's gotten horrible, and that's because we do miss a Dory Jackson. That speed element is what we need, and we don't have it. And it it is starting to show. I mean, Malcolm Butler, he plays tough. He's always in that hip pocket, but 
If he's on Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool will have 100 yards and probably 11 catches a Sunday. Literally, mark my words. So, I mean, literally, both teams are going in at, at just an even, even, like, even line. And it's, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a real good game. Yep. All right, let's let's hit this up. Uh, Sean, I apologize for missing this a little bit earlier, but he puts two dollars in the tip jar and he says, "Can Taylor, as in Taylor Luan's backup, mm-hmm. block stud Bud Dupree? Is uh, is is that uh, is that something uh, you could see on mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday? Yes. So, yes. Sambrello and people don't might not realize Taylor Luan without with a, sur- a shoulder injury, and I think Hall, correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't the Denver game; it was the um, Jacksonville game. game, the Minnesota game, Minnesota, Minnesota game. So even though Minnesota doesn't have top-notch defensive ends, Sambrello showed me something. When you're quiet, you're not getting any sacks, you're doing your job, okay? Came in last week for Taylor when he had his, when he messed his knee up. J.J. Watt, first play, got around him, sack fumble, boom. Okay, that's fine. My whole thing is how do you respond? Can you progress throughout the game? What he did was he was able to – he showed me – he was able to shut down J.J. Watt, contain him at a minimal level to where Tannehill can get the ball out. So do I think he can 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 block Bud Dupree? Yes, he can. He can. He can. Uh, I think Bud Dupree, he'll have his moments, right? He, he'll have his moments where he'll get in the backfield and things like that. But I think overall, I think Sambrello or Dennis Kelly, wherever Bud Dupree lines up will do pretty well. Again, T.J. Watt is my concern. And T.J. Watt against Cleveland was all over the field. I felt Cleveland's offensive line did a great job in blocking the front the front three, except for T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was going off. And so I think Bud Dupree had one or two really good plays against Cleveland. But, you know, I, I think I'm not so concerned about Bud Dupree. I'm concerned about Watt. <laughs> concerned about Watt. You know what? I'll flip this over to Jeffrey Benedict because Bud Dupree did have two sacks against the Browns and actually leads the Steelers in sacks right now. What do you think about this matchup from a Steelers perspective? I think Bud Dupree can dominate on that side. I don't I don't know so much in the pass rush. I expect him to be very active in the run game. I expect him to be reading run first and then to pass. So while he might not show up with a lot of splash plays, I do expect him to be a difference maker in this game simply because they're going to be running the ball and we are going to have to, to focus on that. And Bud Dupree is a phenomenal uh, run defender. That's really like that that side of the ball. They can shut it down and be like, you just you just can't run on this side. And if they can rotate help kind of over to the to the other side over there to TJ White, where the the Titans run a little better, you know the Steelers can Steelers can leverage Bud Dupree against a backup to try and help their run defense across the board. Now, before we keep going, Crazy Blue uh, did uh, get back in the live chat at us. Per- apparently, they're Steeler fans, so I apologize for that, <laughs> Crazy Blue. Uh, bleed black and gold around here. So, again, thanks for the live chat from them as well. This is an interesting matchup for me because when I'm kind of looking at the, the receiving side, I think A.J. Brown, there, there's argument to be made, if there even is argument anymore, that he was the best receiver of that 2019 draft class mm-hmm. chase claypool is quickly putting himself in that kind of that mm-hmm. c- category of the best receiver of the 2020 draft class right are you guys seeing the same thing out of these two guys is that is that uh, the mindset going around the the whole nfl go ahead Al. yeah i think so uh i think both receivers are extremely different they wear the same number but they're very different hmm. uh yes i think both of these receivers are you know receivers that not might not talk be talked about a whole lot as far as top receivers because they are young but they both have the ability in time to be mentioned in those names because one aj brown brings a physicality that really no other receiver in the league sort of has a guy that's six foot 
probably about 225. When he catches the ball, he breaks tackles. Even like last year, he only had 63 catches and had over 1,100 yards. That's because he broke so many tackles, and he can catch the football. Ladies and gentlemen, when you watch the Titans play, we catch the football. We don't drop balls. We catch them. You know what I mean? Another thing on Claypool, I like Claypool's size. He's tall. He Man, this guy plays all over the field. Inside, outside, he runs really good corner routes. He runs in the middle. Claypool is a problem. So you guys got a jewel in, in Claypool. So I think both receivers are headed north upon their careers. So, you know, great job in drafting Claypool. Claypool, him and Justin Jefferson are the best receivers in the draft so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, they're both trending up. Like you said, Hawk, they're, they're both two different styles of receivers. And like I told y'all, the, the show we did earlier in the year, I, my worries was Claypool. I see potential. Even when he was coming out of Notre Dame, I, I've seen potential. I said, no, I like Claypool. And we needed a receiver. We needed to draft a receiver. Yep. And he was there. He was literally there. I was like, okay, was. Claypool was there. Let's draft him, and we never did. So, and that's that's the steal away. Like, like, like I've always told Hawk this, and I'll tell anybody: the Steelers have a culture that they live by, and that culture is they always have good linebackers and they've always had good receivers. Never fails, literally never fails. So it's just a tradition that just continues to to just happen. And I can just see Claypool continue to trend, guarding injuries, hoping he doesn't get injured. But I mean, he's our leading receiver. He leads out with three hundred thirty-five yards. You can't beat it. Literally, you can't beat it. So, no, he, they're, he, they're both trending up, and this is it's going to be a good game. <laughs> now, Jeffrey, I know we've talked a lot about Chase before, but I, I want to flip to two other receivers, two uh, from either team that are uh, that are making their return from the from the injured uh, list, Deontay Johnson, Corey Davis, both expected to play this week. Which one's going to make a bigger impact on Sunday? Deontay Johnson could have a big impact, uh, as they were talking about, with their pass rush, uh, Deontay Johnson is key in our quick pass game. Uh, he helps Ben Rossesworth get rid of the ball a lot faster. If he's back and he's playing well, that's going to be a benefit for us. Uh, on the downside, though, if if he's back, is Chase Claypool keeping that X receiver position? Because that was Deontay Johnson before he left. We've got to figure mm. out a way to get them both in there. Claypool mm. hasn't done as much outside of that spot. In that spot, he's been deadly. Are we are we playing Deontay Johnson in the slot? Like, are we, you know, how are we working this out? That's a question there. Uh, for me, Corey Davis is huge. If they've got one, if they've got AJ Brown, I'm okay with Joe Hayden on AJ Brown. Joe Hayden can, struggles with people who are just wicked fast. That's who Joe Hayden struggles with. If you want to be physical with Joe Hayden, Joe Hayden can can, can play you. He, he's an older guy. He's got you know he's got those old man tricks. He, he, he knows how to get away with a lot. He, he can be dirtier than you can, and he can, he can still get it done. Uh, so I'm not worried about him. He's that kind of – he's that cat. He'll find a way. But Corey Davis on the other side, that, that gives a, a nasty matchup for Steven Nelson, and you can't really shift a lot of help to, to both sides. You can't do that. Right. So I don't know. That's, that's to me, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a wash. It'll be who's healthier. Who, who's more impactful? Who can, they can work in better? Because both of them could stand to make a good impact in this game. Now, before uh, before I get to, to Hawk and Lockdown's answer, Sean, I will get to your live chat when we flip over to the other side after we get to Hawk and Lockdown. Uh, answer the same question on Corey Davis and Deontay Johnson. Lockdown, why don't we start with you on this one? Who do you, so, uh, who, who do you expect having the bigger 